Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Hello, friends. Welcome to another scintillating edition of the Cyber Guide podcast. This time, it'll be a little more interesting in the sense that I'm trying to live stream this sucker on Restream through LinkedIn and YouTube. So hopefully, uh, if you are on either one of those, it's working. If it's not, I'll keep trying to figure it out. And maybe at some point in my life, I'll figure out how to get this to work. But this is a special edition. I am joined with my friend Paul Perry from Birmingham in Warren Everett. He is the uh, host of the Rap podcast. And this is third time on, Paul. I think, I think it's my third time. Yeah, well, I appreciate, appreciate you taking the time because we uh, interact a lot on LinkedIn with our certain posts. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm looking on my LinkedIn page and my YouTube. Oh, there you go. It says, it says it is now live. And oh, yeah, so it looks like it's working. Awesome. Okay. I don't know if it's working on YouTube. It is, it is. If it's not, whatever, who cares? This will also be on the audio version. So if you're stuck on the audio version, you want to know what the hell we're talking about. This is on uh, being streamed live to probably uh, Paul's three friends and no one watching on my end. So there is that. So, uh, so, but the podcast will go out. So people will at least listen to the podcast. So I wanted to have Paul on to talk about a couple different topics that we've interacted with on uh, our LinkedIn channels here periodically. And since it's the holiday season, we can uh, talk about some other holiday news. But the first item that I really wanted to bring up was my favorite, my favorite topic. And that is, of course, TikTok. And so uh, I had posted on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago about how um, I was having problems like explaining to relatives that um, TikTok was bad and they shouldn't have it. And they're like, why? Why is TikTok so bad? And then lo and behold, a couple of days later, um, Larry Hogan, the mayor and the mayor, the governor of Maryland decided to make TikTok illegal or not illegal. Um, you can't have it on government devices. Uh, it's now gone to the omnibus bill that's supposed to be signed this week. That's not supposed to be on any federal government. Um, devices. So it's starting to get a lot more attention. Marco Rubio had a whole thing um, that he posted with a some kind of bill. So so um, I invited Paul to come on and talk about TikTok. So Paul, give me... So everybody's heard my take on TikTok. I talk about it all the time. Can't get it. I mean, people are sick of me talking about it, but I don't care because people need to know the risk with it. Tell me, what is your thought on TikTok, the risks associated with it and things like that? Yeah. And I think it, uh, Darren, thanks for the opportunity to be here. I think from a TikTok perspective, you have to think about the the data supply chain that's out there, right? Everything we use from a technology perspective is collecting information on us, on our activities, what we have on our phones. And if you haven't changed all your settings, it, there's there's a lot of things they're listening to. And so I think the the issue with TikTok is parent company being owned by uh, being owned, the parent company being in China, right? So um, there's a lot of stories that have come out over the years about how the information that that is being collected through that data supply chain, right? Companies that collect data, they're selling it to others to be used for their marketing purposes, right? And so you're combining all of this data. Um, and so it's just the information is out there. And what do they have? What do they know? Uh, and then who are that? Who else are they selling it to? And when you go through and you say, yes, I agree to all the terms and conditions. Have you actually read the terms and conditions? And do you know what it actually is collecting and do you know who they're selling to? And so I think that's the, the piece that society doesn't always think about. They just say, hey, this is really convenient for me to be able to do a, a dance and share it with my friends and the rest of the world and a couple of folks sitting behind a desk in China, right? So it's, it's the data that's being collected and then what is that used for? I've been reading some articles lately. Uh, I was uh, a couple um, on uh, Reuters the other day that 
talk about the algorithm that's inside not just TikTok, but but all areas, right? So it's taking the information that you're using and it's putting it through an algorithm. And if you search um, this kind of person or dance or company, well, then everything you're starting to see is going to be coming in from that because the algorithm is is always changing and, and people don't always think about that. So you've got to think about the data that's being collected and then the algorithms that are being used against you, for you, targeting you. To me, that's the piece that that is the scary part and why it's starting to get banned. I think what started with Maryland, now we're 20 states, maybe 22 states in. And um, so that high level, that's my thought. And I will say the one thing I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of outcry. People saying, hey, why why, why are you so up in arms about all of this TikTok silliness? Um, so I, I, maybe that's a good signal that it's some of this information is getting through. Because thinking about it, if you're 15, 16, it's great. You're posting these dance videos, but you're probably posting private stuff on there too that you may not want everyone necessarily to see right. because it may be embarrassing. It may be not politically correct. It may be unwoke. 10 years from now, you're now a State Department employee stationed in your first overseas uh, station to Beijing. And then the Chinese have all this information. They can use it against you. People are the, the weakest link in business and society as a whole. And so they're using it from a convenience perspective and, and it's the trend, but you don't always think about the security and the privacy aspect that comes now or comes later. And, you know, I've always, whenever we do presentations, people are always like, hey, is this actually going to happen? And it's like, you know what, we could, we could come up with a hundred scenarios. Maybe they never happen, but why give anybody the opportunity for any of those chicken little scenarios to happen? Right. And I mean, and it's not like this is the first technology that was made by a foreign country that had this issue. So it all started with the Russian Faces app years ago. That, Absolutely. That uh, you, you could see what you look like when you're older. Now, that one died out a lot quicker than this one clearly is. But I mean, there's not like there's not other apps that you can dance to. <laughs> that is that is true. But it's, again, who owns the data? And it, it clearly is sitting in China. And so you have to be careful just because they're going to use that in some form or fashion against folks. Right. So, which brings us to it's holiday season. So parents are buying technology for their kids. Now, interesting, I put a poll out yesterday about are you buying technology for your kids or not? And two to one is the answer was no. Now, my thought on that is people are not exactly defining technology the same way I am. Because if you buy a, your kid a, a Bluetooth or wireless headset for their Xbox, you're buying them technology. So let's, so, right. so, but that's fine, I mean, whatever. But, right. you know, so now you have to figure out, or are you even thinking about what are the security precautions for having that technology? How, how are you allowing it to connect to your network at your house? So, you know, what do you tell your family members, your friends when they ask you, okay, I'm buying all this technology, what should I do with it? I, you tell them if it doesn't need to be connected, don't. I mean, that's my whole first thing is let's, if it definitely needs to be connected, let's secure everything. I mean, and we're seeing this on the business side, not just the, the, the our family and friends, but the business side, everybody's remote working and the, the routers that they're using, they haven't changed the username and password to get into the router. Well, somebody's sitting there listening or connecting through an IP address get to the router and using the default password and username and they can now control everything you're doing. And so you've really got to, you really got to make sure you're securing that perspective and um, smart devices aren't helping. And um, you know, a couple of years ago, there was this whole thing with a uh, sidewalk by uh, Amazon. Do you remember that? Where you, sure. you could, yep. you should, you could share your Wi-Fi through all of your devices and it was an opt out option. 
like you had to go in and say, I don't want to do that. It just automatically did that. So, you know, when I, when I talk to my family, it's, it's just try to be as secure as you can. If it doesn't need to be connected, don't connect it. Um, I have one relative that, that said, Hey, everybody, we're taking all this stuff. I don't know what it is. It's not on our phones. We're not playing these games. I got, I got backlash because they were getting more bored, but I was like, it's, it's the secure way to do it. And if you don't need to be connected, don't be connected, but then use good passwords, use managers that you are comfortable with, but you know, just make sure you've, you've done a good job of password hygiene. Yeah, and I would say if you want to be, if you want to really know how bad your network is, go into your router if you have the capability and see who's connect, what's connected to it right now. Absolutely. I mean, I did this a while ago, and there's just my wife and I, and we probably have thirty devices connected. So it's bad security on my part, but I kind of know what they all are, and they're all password protected. But if you have new technology, if you're getting Xboxes, you're getting Playstations, you're getting new TVs, you're getting iPads, create a DMZ or a guest network and let them all connect to that. They can still get out through the internet, but your main devices, like if you got a work computer or a home computer that's part of your home business, at least then you've reduced that surface area for attackers to get from one device into another. And and then monitor. That's the other thing is monitor. If mine, I've, I've got an app on my phone for mine that when something connects, it tells me unknown device and it tells me what the what the address is and I, and I should know what's connecting or um, I, I know I anticipate something connecting. So then it doesn't surprise me. Well, if something connects and I know we have nothing new, then, all right, now I'm going to start diving in. It's going to go over here and I'm going to make sure I understand what it is before it truly has all connections. I have, I have, my router has, has a, a firewall that everything, everybody has their own little piece. And so I know when this kid is on, I know when this kid is on. And I know what they're on. So you've got to monitor what you have as well. That's the big piece. So I use a firewall. What do you use for yours? Uh, I use um, Deco's. I have the Deco routers and it, it's got one built in that. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. It it lets you, it, it does a lot and it's, I'm not, I'm not supporting, I'm not recommending Deco to anybody on this podcast, but it's the one I use and uh, it's, it's really helpful. And again, you just got to monitor, you got to understand and, Mm-hmm. something doesn't seem right, you got to go in there and adjust it. Yeah, I mean, Firewall is the same thing. It's a hardware device that connects. Because I have a Google, I have Google Fiber, and their router mm-hmm. is limited in its security options, let's just say. I mean, right, that's right. not the guest network, but beyond that, not much beyond that. So at least the Firewall, every, every time every time my wife watches a video on YouTube, I get a Firewall connection. Hey, this, this video is watching on YouTube. Okay, that's fine. My, parent, my in-laws are visiting. They have a TV in their room. Every time my father-in-law turns on Hulu, I get a Hulu thing saying, hey, someone's watching Hulu on your network. Okay, yeah, I know what that is. Fortunately, you can turn that stuff off if you want to. But again, it's a, and again, I'm not recommending necessarily Firewall. It's just an option that I went with. Right. Um, but look for something that at least gives you an idea of what's going on in your network. So, yeah, that's Mine gives me a report at the end of each month and it says, here are the things that we denied. And it, it, it is specific to things coming in on certain apps or certain, you know, TV shows or commercials or whatever. I get a new app that we're using on a TV. It will tell me if, if it's been denied. So I, I constantly look at that. Again, that's the whole piece is no, I think you say it, knowledge is protection. I'm using your term. Mm-hmm. Knowledge sure. is protection. The knowledge of what is hitting my system at home helps me stay um, protected. Right. And, and so for parents, I would also say, if you have, if you're preteens, you're adolescents, you know, you're giving them phones, you're giving them iPads, put on some kind of content restriction capability on your phone mm-hmm. so you can turn the thing on and off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And age appropriate too, right? right, and right, as, right. They start to, as they start to change, you've got you've to adjust that. But 
it won't allow certain things. And you can go in there and say, hey, I don't want this showing up on these devices. I want it on these, but maybe not these devices. So uh, again, you've just, you've, you've got to be plugged in and you got to know what's happening. And that brings up another interesting question. What do you, what is your take on the knowledge that the general parent has just regarding technology and cybersecurity in general? We kind of know where you and I stand on, you know, what businesses right. think and, you know, their compliance issues and the things they're mandated to do. And even the things they're mandated to do, they are doing very well. Our DOD is trying to implement the cybersecurity maturity model certification. They can't even get that right. They can't make it happen. So, you know, how do you find parents' capabilities? I mean, I think it's it's probably more they're, they're focused more on technology being a convenience for them. So they're not thinking about privacy. They're not thinking about security uh, and whatever they know. It's if there's somebody that's a self educator and they go read articles. Yeah, they're 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 up to speed on what's going on. And um, maybe they've tried the, the 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 chat bot that's out there that everybody's talking about. But most people aren't. Most people don't um, know. And, and anything they they any knowledge they do have is coming from maybe their workplace. And so they're not focused on that. And that's not something. And I think normal society doesn't think about security the way you and I and our colleagues that are in this industry every single day think about it. And we've really got to change that culture. So everybody's thinking about it in terms of I need to be more private, more secure than I need to have convenience. And so um, they everybody could probably use a, a, a refresher and a, hey, let's really go change this. And some of it is, you know, again, out of sight, out of mind. I'm not an IT person, so I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to use the technology. I think it was um, Carl Sagan. I always, I always use Carl Sagan's um, speech where he talks about how we are a society based on science and technology, and we don't truly understand either, but we use it every single day. And, and we cannot be like that. We have to understand the technology. And I think we talked about that at the very beginning. Understand what you're using. Understand what you're doing with the information, the technology, the data so that you can stay secure from a, you know, from that perspective. And I think that part of it is just find, inf there's information for free everywhere. I mean, I, I have tried to give away information for free and no one wants to take it. Why does no one want to take it, Paul? I'm giving them free information and no one wants to accept it. How do I get past that particular? It's the apathy, right? It's the apathy cool. piece, right? Yeah. When, when anybody sees an article, and this is what I say in my presentations, and I use you as an example because I always talk about your podcast, this podcast. I say, look, education is important, but you've got to have self-education. You've got to not look at the article headline and go up. Oh, it's just another breach. It's just another issue. It's just another concern. I'm going to move on because I have apathy for everything that's going on in society from a security perspective. We have to stop the apathy. We have to everybody has to self listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Listen to find other podcasts. Do something every day to educate yourself. Don't don't wait for your company to do it. Talk to your friends about it. Hey, what are you doing? What how 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 have you handled this? And what you will find is most people are like, oh, I just don't deal with it, or that's not a security concern of mine. We've got to change that. We've got, we've got to get rid of that apathy and uh, continue being part of the national narrative. I appreciate all that you do and uh, other folks in this industry that is just trying to get the information out. Let's just educate folks. But we got to have the folks listening. Well, we got to get rid of that apathy. Uh, yeah, and, and thank you for promoting the podcast. That twenty dollars check for December is yeah, in the mail. Appreciate so pretty soon. Um, but <laughs> Estelle is listening. She makes a good point that she says, "I think most parents are not educated in safe online navigation. They will often maintain the peace with their kids by putting them in front of the iPad." That is a great point, Absolutely. and it's a point I made a week or two ago on a poll: is are you are you your friend's protector or your kid's friend? Mm. 
um, because that's where you, when technology, as far as technology stands, that's kind of where you got to come down. Which part of that do you want to be? I had some people, some person posted they were going to be both. I'll be honest with you, you cannot be both. You have to be one or the other. Um, and if you're the protector, uh, if you're going to, that's your best route, obviously, because you want to protect your kids. If you're gonna your friend, you're gonna let them do whatever they want to do because you don't want your friend to be mad. So you have to get, you have to first decide what do you want to be as a parent and then make those decisions um, based on, around that dis, that decision you that's make. A, that's a great point. I've got, um, you know, I've got two kids. One, their online game that they use, um, they have the friends that I've allowed them to, and the other one has 100 mm-hmm. friends, and they just, oh, I'm just accepting everybody. And it's like, no, we, we can't do that. And then I've got another one that every time they get a, a spam text message, they come, hey, is this spam? So they're thinking about it, right? Because we've talked about it in our in our household, we have to have everybody having those conversations to really change it because, oh, well, my friend's doing that. My friend's doing that. My friend's doing that. Why can't I do that? Well, because we're thinking more about security than the other aspect. I mean, my, my daughter's 25 now. She was on this podcast a year and a half ago or so. And I asked her about her when she first started getting a cell phone and being on social media. And she even said, um, yeah, I probably was on it way too often, way too late. Cause I didn't have, I didn't use restrictions. I kind of had a, I trusted them and I could kind of monitor the network a little bit. Um, and I didn't really see a whole lot of stuff. And I knew she had rules that like on her social media accounts, rule number one was I was the first connection to their social mm-hmm. media that lasted till about 16. And then, you know, I kind of lost track of everything they were, they were tagging into, but that's really the come up with rules and, and really you know, beyond just the hacking that we talk about here with TikTok and the nation state actors. I mean, one of the things that I don't talk a lot about on this podcast, I probably need to just devote an episode to is sexting and sextortion mm-hmm. on the, the get cyber smart podcast. I talked about that for seven to 10 minutes as part of a protecting your kids online saying shameless plug, but um, you know, that whole thing by itself has got a whole host of issues that kids and parents, I don't think realize once they introduce that technology that when kids are by themselves doing, you know, what think about when you were right. 17 or 16 right. or 17 and you had your first girlfriend and now you have this capability to quickly communicate with them things you probably shouldn't be communicating. As soon as they take a picture and send it, they've have the potential of having uh, committed distribution of child pornography online, which is a bad wow. place to want to be. Wow. Yeah. Did you see where Texas, an article, I think it was last week, Texas was trying to ban social media for anybody under the age of 18. Yeah. I mean, good, good luck. luck. I mean, that's, that's, that's policy. That's conversation. You and I've had this discussion all the time. You really need true action. And that's going to be a really tough thing for anybody to do. I get what they're trying to say, but there's just no way in, in the way that the internet and technology and social media works, it's just not going to happen. It, there's always a workaround. Somebody's always going to find the other issue. Yeah, like I like to say, you know, once technology advances like this, the bad guys are very quickly figuring out how to modify Absolutely. that. When it comes to parents, parents are very quick, are, are very slow trying to come up with methodologies to protect the kids online, but the kids are much quicker overcoming whatever that there's is. There's so. so many more of them than they are of the parents, right? They're all doing it. And it's like, well, I'm following that person. Well, they followed this person. And maybe that person doesn't have a, a, a guardian at home to tell them this isn't right. So now you're four or five links down and everybody's still doing it. So you've, you've really got to, it's a lot of conversation, but you got to have more action than just, just discussion. Yep. So you sent me an article about a Roomba taking a picture of a lady in the bathroom. Man, I tell you what, you talk about an algorithm and you talk about just the data supply <laughs> chain. When I read that, you're the first person I thought of. And I was like, we've got to, we've got to at least mention this because it goes back to 
and I want to give I want to give the right people. It was an article by MIT Technology Review. It was yesterday, December nineteenth, um, and it talked about how there was a startup that contracts with. Uh, it's an artificial AI con, uh, startup company that contracts to get all of the pictures and videos. That's the data supply chain I was talking about earlier from other folks. And they use those pictures, those videos, that information to train AI to be able to get better and smarter and faster. Right. And so this whole article, you should go out and read it. But it talked about how um, somebody had a Roomba that was connected to the Internet. And it was the kind that takes the picture when it's cleaning your house. Uh, and it took a picture of a lady on a bathroom and uh, on a toilet and somehow through that selling of data supply chain, that video ended up on social media. And it was because maybe the wrong person received data that shouldn't have. But it just points to the fact of if it doesn't need to be connected, don't connect it. Right. That that's not absolutely necessary. It's OK to buy. I think I've now started hearing the term dumb TVs. Go get a dumb TV that's not connected to anything that just shows you what you want to see. And I think that's the big issue is understand the technology, understand that it's taking pictures as it goes around the house. Maybe you should shut the door and it doesn't come into the bathroom or maybe don't even have one <laughs> altogether. No offense to Roomba. And I'm not saying don't buy a Roomba. I'm just saying make sure you get the one that you absolutely need, not something that just has bells and whistles that looks cool. I, it, it, I read that article and I just couldn't help but laugh the entire time. Well, I laugh because I have the Roomba like that with the camera and the light and all that stuff. But the best thing is it goes around and it sends me a message saying, how can we, how can train Roomba to clean better? And it gives me a map of my downstairs where it's working. Right. But the nice thing is it goes, when it goes back to the base, it automatically sucks the stuff up. So I don't have to keep cleaning, emptying the bin. So that's the advantage for me. But, uh, so all it's going to show here though, is the cat and the dog being running away from it when it's going well, around. So there is that's that. the point that, society when you talk about what do what does society that's not in our industry every day need to learn they need to learn that it's okay to have these things just know how they're being used and use them in a manner that they should be and, and not hey i don't understand this so i'm just going to give it access to everything and so it's okay that we're not we don't say don't have things connected to the internet we just say use it wisely if that if that could be a thing that's right so what is the Perry plan for the holidays? Perry plan for the holidays is to sit back and relax and, and try to enjoy it. Um, we, uh, we celebrate uh, several holidays during December. So uh, our kids get a feel of, of all the activities and, and all the history of, uh, of everything. So it's, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to lay low. We're not going to do much. We're not, we're not traveling. If you want to see us, come to us. That's our that's our motto this this year. <laughs> that's a good call. So, uh, what's the new technology though coming? You know, oh, got to be technology. Well, I, I don't think I guess you want to tell what the presents are, but they're, right. not, they're not listening. They're not paying attention. I think we're getting some um, uh, hoverboards, um, but from outside of that, I, I don't think there's actually any major technology that's happening. So, uh, there's nothing new that I need to make sure is is being secure unless the hoverboard connects to the internet, which I don't think it does. So. Uh, I think we'll be good there. What about for yourself? What kind of technology do you want for Christmas? Um, or Hanukkah? Secure. Secure technology is what I want. Dare. <laughs> so, so not this year. So, so you're not, not, so, so nothing, I guess nothing, not anything this year. Nothing this year. No, no, nothing this year. I think, I think again, it's out there. It's, it's got its purpose. It's got its use. And, and you just got to, you've got to use it. Protect. What about you? What are you, what are you looking for this year? Uh, 12 string guitar. That's the thing I'm looking for. Nice. 
I don't play guitar very well, but I figure I can play the 12 string just as badly as I play the six string, but it'll sound cooler, I guess. That's good. Yeah. So as you look into 2023, what do you, what do you see as the threats coming for 2023? I think um, the more things that get connected to the internet for manufacturing companies, IOT devices that companies are using to make things more convenient, make things more efficient. Um, I think making sure you, you lock those down. I don't think, I don't think the threats to healthcare go away. And I think you, you may have had a couple posts on, on healthcare, but it's, it, it's the whole aspect of, uh, we're using vendor products from 10 years ago that can't be upgraded to the new security, to the new platforms. And so you've got to make sure it's all segmented. Uh, I think you're going to see that. I, I, what, what, when is the pendulum going to swing back to security from convenience? And I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to that, but I, I feel like it's going to take a, a big event. I feel like it's going to take 10, 20% of retirement going away uh, in, a, in a theft. I, I, it's going to take one of the big banks to get breached and everybody wakes up overnight and you and I are sitting there going, told you so, you needed to prepare for this. Um, I, I think we're due for one of those big gotcha moments that everybody stops and reconsiders everything from a cybersecurity perspective. I don't, I don't want it to happen. I don't, definitely don't want it to happen in healthcare. I definitely don't want to happen in financial, but that's where the information is and that's, that's what they're going to go after. So I, I, I think that's what, that's what it's going to be, but it's also we're seeing an uptick in um, it's the vendors, it's the third parties that you know about that you use. Maybe they don't have the right security. It's the third parties you don't know about because maybe it's the fourth, fifth, sixth parties to your company. Um, I think you're going to see some of those big breaches occur where people finally just kind of go, wait a minute, we've got to change what we're doing and we got to stop thinking of security and IT as an expense and we got to start thinking of it as a revenue protector. If I don't, if I can't protect the data that I'm given for my clients, I'm not going to have any clients. If I don't have any clients, I'm not going to have any revenue. We've got to change that mindset, I think, in the business society. I, 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 would, I would hope you agree with, with that last statement. Oh, yeah. And I, I was on a webinar today and they were talking, it had to do with insurance and stuff, but they were talking about um, the average ransomware cost now is about $9.8 million if you hit with ransomware. And there, you know, there's been the Russian and Chinese have stolen over a trillion dollars worth of goods um, from a, from a, um, from a um, breach standpoint across all, all sectors. And I think the other issue, and you kind of touched on it, is operational technology, because that is where they're trying to move convenience by blending operational technology with the information technology. Absolutely. The operational technology, like you said, is older, older that's not upgradable, but they're still trying to connect it to the IT because they want that convenience of being able to remotely access it and deal with it. So they don't have to have someone on staff to deal with it. So it's cheaper for them. Right. The problem of course is that a lot of that stuff doesn't interact with it very well. And once you break it, it's hard to fix it. Um, and I don't think we've had that big event. Colonial Pipeline, was not a breach of OT. It was a breach of the financial system, but it impacted OT because it closed everything down. So imagine if they'd actually hit the OT side, then we'd have had, you know, all sorts of problems. Exactly what you said. Um, and and I'm, Sorry, you, you said, you, you mentioned something about ransomware and insurance, cyber insurance. Um, you know, you got to start reviewing the exclusions because there's going to be more and more exclusions to cyber liability insurance going forward. I mean, all, mm -hmm. I think March of 23, all Lloyds of London backed cyber policies will not pay for an attack that is deemed to be nation state backed. Well, what is what is your definition of nation state backed, right? And so that is gonna start happening. We're starting to see ransomware being excluded um, and we're starting to see cloud providers excluded in 
insurance policies. And it's like, hey, if you've got a big cloud provider, I'm not going to name any of them, but if you've got one of them you're using, that's excluded from this policy because it should really be their policy. Um, so a lot of people are going to get into some insurance policies for cyber liability insurance, and uh, they're gonna potentially going to have an issue, and then they're not going to get paid because of one of these exclusions. So you need to know what those are. But you talked about ransomware, and I, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and I think that... Um... You know, uh, I had a thought there. I lost, I lost track of what it was. It was not, so probably wasn't that important anyway. It had to do with something. Um, so Estelle has this question here. Are you guys doing talks in schools with kids and teenagers? That'd be powerful. Um, I know I'm available to do that if asked, but I don't get a lot. Of, I don't get a lot of people asking me to do it. I offer it, but I won't take it. It's all free. Well, and I think that's the thing is, you know, reach out to local law enforcement, uh, federal law enforcement. They're, they're mm-hmm. always willing to have yeah. those conversations. And I think that's where it has to start. And they may not understand everything you're saying and you've got to change our conversation for them, but it definitely needs to start there so that they go home and say, hey, mom, I, I really don't need this connected to the internet or I need you to check on these settings because I don't need to have this kind of access. And if you do that, then maybe you start to change the culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So you mentioned the Lloyds of London not paying for nation state attacks. And what every my my argument would be every almost every attacks nation state oriented, but that's the CI guy in me, counterintelligence guy. But um, every, I think every insurance writer has uh, indemnification. I'm not, that's maybe the right word, but for acts of uh, acts of war mm-hmm. or acts of terrorism. So you can you convert that to acts of cyber war, acts of cyber terrorism. Then you got to define what that is. I don't think I've ever heard anyone correctly define cyber warfare. Everybody tries, right, right. but there's not one distinctive definition for what that is. So I think it's there's going to be somebody that's hit and they're not going to get paid because it was an active cyber war. And then it's going to come down to some court's going to have to define what that means. And my argument there, and we've had this discussion internally with some of the folks here is um, if you have a, a ransomware gang that is sitting in a nation state borders and the nation state knows about them, but they do nothing, they don't stop them, they don't um, deny them the ability. To me, that's nation state backed. But it's not the actual nation state doing it. So that's there's going to be a case in the first six months of next year when when this comes through and there's going to be an a, a argument about the def- definition and we're finally going to maybe hear what that definition is, but it's going to be, it's we're going to have to have that. Yeah, I agree. All right, Paul, any last thoughts? I appreciate Man. the time. This was a good 30 minutes. We probably could have gone longer, but I did, I'll be honest, I didn't come up with enough topics. Yeah. So I was lazy. I was lazy for this podcast, so I apologize for well, that. I think for now, it's it's have the discussion. Darren and I can sit here and have a discussion forever how long because we are constantly having that discussion. We're constantly engaged in the narrative of what's going on. And I, I would just tell folks that are listening to this, you know, don't don't have the apathy. Actually be engaged with what's going on from a security perspective and and respond to it. If it seems unusual, it probably is and you probably need to do something. So uh, that's my whole thing. And I'm not going to steal your your tagline, but uh, just know what your <laughs> know what your risks are. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I appreciate Thank it. You. For everybody else who took the time to stick in here, I appreciate you coming on the on the on the, the uh, live stream on YouTube or LinkedIn. I appreciate you listening to the podcast as you go through your week. Remember, knowledge is protection. If you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk and proceed wisely. Find this podcast on all your favorite podcast providers. Share the YouTube link, share the LinkedIn link, uh, and email me with all the crap that I did wrong at Darren at the Thanks so much. Have a good week. We will talk soon.